A few weeks ago, Disney Plus released Hamilton, a Broadway musical sensation, which tells the story of one of the lesser celebrated founding fathers, Alexander Hamilton. While this musical is widely celebrated for having mostly actors of color in center stage and using hip-hop and rap influences to tell the story, Hamilton is not without its controversy and criticism. Today I speak with my friend Bree and we chat about the love, the hate, and all that is Hamilton. Well, thank you so much for doing this. It's so funny because I have been dying to do a podcast on this and I've talked to a couple friends and then you posted something about the soundtrack and maybe a little video meme of a guy like singing the soundtrack and I was like oh my god I found my soul sister who can talk to me about Hamilton yeah I'm I'm a big I'm a big fan um I love musicals in general like I said and so like Hamilton when they re-released it on Disney I was bothering the hell out of my boyfriend constantly like don't you want to watch it's an inside joke in my house that I turn it on anytime I'm bored or the soundtrack like I'll be cleaning and I just start singing and oh, yeah. I love it and it's stuck in my head so I oh it. it does it gets into your head and it just won't go away right after watching it for the past couple of weeks like out of nowhere I'll just start singing Eliza <laughs> I just love how I just love that one word. <laughs> I think um, my, one of my favorite ones is that it always pops into my head is and Peggy. Oh. And Peggy. Oh, and Peggy. Yeah. <laughs> Angelica. Yeah. That's, lies. And Peggy. And Peggy. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's it. And it, it will play and replay in my head over and over again. So mm-hmm. I'm yeah. so glad to have found you. Thank God you posted. You had watched it earlier there was something with PBS that you like asked for a welcome package regarding Hamilton yeah. maybe maybe start all the way from the top in terms of just your overall experience and theater and what you thought you were going to be when you grew up and all of that stuff so I attended a school in Orange County called um, Orange View which was a visual performing arts middle school and um, I was in the choir and in theater. And so I didn't go to the school for any other reason except I was getting in too much trouble at my home school. But <laughs> while, being, while being there, the school that we actually toured. And so we, we toured the state of California. We went to Disney World. And um, through that, we used to host um, for the city at the Orange County um, like uh, Center for Performing Arts, we would put on reproductions of big musicals. While I was there, we did Cats and Les Miserables. But through my time of just just coming there before that, I had no idea really what musicals were, but I I fell in love with the scores and stuff. I'm a huge Andrew Lloyd Webber fan. Um, I have seen everything that he's that he's done and have the catalog of his music in my iPod. <laughs> like you, or in my iPod. You don't hear that very often, Bree. You do not hear that very often. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I'm an anomaly, trust me. Even, even to like to to people that I know, they're just like, you know, I forget that you're just really weird. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that you follow these things because they are traditionally just you know keeping it funky and going into Hamilton it is a traditionally white 
way to tell a story. Yeah. You know, in middle school, I thought to myself, I wanted to major in theater arts. And uh, it quickly became something that wasn't really viable. My dad told me he wasn't going to pay for me to, to major in a life of poverty. So that was, <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of the end of that. Um, but I, I never stopped loving it. And so um, as I grew up, I would, whenever I could, try to catch, um, you know, musicals when they would leave Broadway. You know, so I've seen West Side Story. I've seen Hairspray. Um, I and Wicked was my favorite before oh, Hamilton. I have I seen Wicked. Wicked five different times in four different cities. Um, <laughs> so that's the cool thing that I got into was seeing it in different cities, you know, that have um, different performance halls. Yeah. Um, so like San Antonio, believe it or not, has a cool performance hall. You know, like I said, Orange County has a great performance hall. Washington D.C. has a great performance hall at the Kennedy Center. So just seeing it all at these places. So when Hamilton was, you know, it, there was a lot of hoopla about Hamilton even yeah. before it came out, but I didn't expect to like it because I just could not see myself um, loving a story that, you know, I knew that it was going to have rap. I knew that it was going to have a multicultural cast um, even before I saw it, but I did not think that I was going to um, find anything as an HBCU graduate, as you know, <laughs> and a, a, a person that is a self-described activist would love about listening to, you know, like kind of like the prototype white man. Yeah. You know, Alexander <laughs> Hamilton is like, you know, he's he's like, you know, just that, right? Yeah. He's um, white white. Yeah. He's white white, right? Um <laughs> just because of all of the reviews, I was determined to see it. So I couldn't afford it to see it. Um, it was still in on Broadway in New York. And I mean, tickets, and they were selling out ridiculously. But decent seats were, I remember um, at one point, were like $600. At the time, I was determined to go. It was like $600. I was like, oh, that's $1,200 for me and Miles to go see that. I'm like, eh, I don't, I don't know if I can. But PBS, and this must have been circa 2016-17, PBS did a Patreon kind of thing where they were raising money um, and they said, you know, for a yearly donation at this amount, you could um, get this box, uh, DVD, um, CD, and book. Uh, commemorative edition of Hamilton so you know I was like that I can get behind <laughs> and, and I immediately became a PBS uh, patron where they took you know like maybe $25 a month out of my account for like a year you know maybe even two years I think um, for that and it was it was well worth it um, so that's how I ended up seeing Hamilton for the first time and it was not what I expected it I absolutely loved it what was different um, from your expectation well I, very quickly into it I forgot to view him as a white man he didn't become a white man I started you know I, I remember hearing one of the things that stuck with me was that he was a Caribbean orphan that ended up going to New York I think he was in New York at that point like going to New York um, with a goal of just, you know, kind of trying to do something that mattered. And I, it, it's just telling it in that way, you know, with yeah. everything else that was wrong with him, 
felt very much like what I'm sure, you know, everybody did. That's, that's a story that sounds like, you know, my grandparents, you know, mm-hmm. or, you know, anybody, hell, myself probably, yeah. you know. Very relatable. Adverse. Yeah, very, very relatable. Shortly into the story, you know, before we get to the end of him, I'm not going to miss my shot. You know, like, <laughs> I, I felt it. You know, it is the story, I think, of what it feels like living in a place like America, a place that capitalism is in control. But there is this fundamental underlying belief that, you know, we all have a shot. And if we just wake up every day and be determined, we can build infrastructures of change because that's what he did. You know, we can argue about it. We cannot like it. I have a total issue with banking as an attitude, <laughs> which is what he created. But um, you know, it was it was a, it was an infrastructure that was never there before. He created it. It was in his mind, and he put it to paper, and he made it. So. Yeah, I think for me, one of the things, so I did not watch it until it was on Disney Plus. I wanted to watch it in the theater. And um, again, I think the tickets were super expensive and it just got away from me, but then it was on Disney Plus and I was like, oh, I've been dying to watch this. And I was just blown away. And I think it's a, it's a typical reaction with most musicals because I am not musically inclined. I cannot sing. I can maybe hold some rhythm and dancing, but by no means would I say that that's a general talent of mine. So when I watch these people (laughs) do all, it is just incredible, the talent. And then when I think about Lin-Manuel Miranda and him writing and kind of orchestrating this entire story, it just blows my mind that people can be that talented. And so, and to see it be people of color, which I think is one of the first times I've seen that in a musical and see it in, in music that's a different genre than your typical musical. It was just incredible to watch. And Mm -hmm. it was really incredible to watch people of color do that. Um, and to have the story told in that way, we can't undo, I think, the history and the founding fathers being all white. But to some degree, there was just a sense that it was a really cool way to tell the story through people of color was kind mm-hmm. of my impression, my initial walk away from that. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I think is should be highlighted is that not only um, is Hamilton great, but it it, it has really changed um, the musical style. You know, mm-hmm. the way that the prose is done in in this lyrical rap way, mm-hmm. you get so much more story in Hamilton than you ever did. And again, what my my favorite before was Wicked. You know, which had an equally long history on broad. Like Wicked was on was on and touring for at least 15, 20 years. I mean, yeah. ridiculous, right? So these are successful plays or musicals, but at the same time, what he created and what he wrote, and then the story that he chose to tell was just done in a way that really engages you for three hours. It's not short. No. <laughs> and I think you're so right because I'm, I am not, I'm one of those people that unfortunately things have to land a certain way for them to stick with me for other, forever or I just kind of toss it out. And Hamilton, the only thing I remember about Alexander Hamilton, I don't know if you remember this, but remember that like 
everybody looks at me blankly when I mention this, but do you remember that commercial that had to do with like, I think it was Reese's peanut butter cups. It was something with peanut butter and it was it was, I think, a trivia question yeah, in a it was commercial. A so who it was, shot Alexander yes, Hamilton? That's in that all I remember. And, <laughs> and, yeah, and he's trying to answer. He's like, brr, 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 and he can't answer. Yes, yes, I absolutely remember that. So now you um, have just quickly yes. documented my extent of knowledge regarding Alexander Hamilton and, and Burr. Was that commercial? So being able to watch the musical and and then researching it for the sake of after watching the musical really wanting to know did he really fall in love with two sisters and all yeah, of this stuff yeah, opened yeah. up all my eyes to this history that without it i would not have known right and you know to the history of it too like the i i thought about this after we had our brief our brief conversation the other day and i was just like you know uh, literally, asking Alexander Hamilton to be historically accurate is like asking the Prince of Egypt to, like, <laughs> be a spiritual, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, to hold up against the Bible. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not, it's not, fit. like, what are you asking for, really? When we look at stories of anything, anytime we are taking adaptations of people's life and we're putting them on stages and we're putting them on movies, you know, there is a a dramatic license that you bring into in order to make it a story. We like love stories, you know? Yeah. Like, that's an element of history that, you know, how we don't even record love in history you know what i mean so yeah. so to to expect history to accurately talk about the dynamic between him and his wife or you know even him and the other sister or the mistress or whatever like there's a void it's not going to be there we're not going to find it those people have long since died and that is a habit that is that that the real housewives of america you know that's a new <laughs> that's the new attitude to to even believe that we have a right to someone's love story right yeah um and and at the same time i think that what you said about the research of it it does make you want to do that and it does um encourage us to want to um personalize these people in history who we have blamed at will who we have judged at will whose names that we know, but we have not taken the time to know them beyond a Reese's commercial yeah. trivia, right? No, <laughs> um, so I hear and, judgment and no, in that, Brie. I hear no, judgment. No, no, I don't know. I, I mean it in the best of ways because, yeah. because it, like, why would you? I'm saying as a, as a Black girl in America, I don't have any real reason to study Alexander Hamilton. And <laughs> I, I'm actually, I competed in trivia in college, so I actually did have to study the presidents, and it was one of the things that I hated um, studying. I had no interest in these people. I, 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 to my core, had a distrust, a dislike, and a, a complete judgment mm -hmm. of these men, you know, and I never looked at them from a human side. I never imagined the different the difficult decisions you know i i wasn't even a fan of lincoln i remember telling my dad one time it was like you know freeing the slaves was a political ploy you know like he didn't do it because he cared about us you know he didn't do you know and and that can very well be true but then again it's like the same way we look at things right now and if we look at you know 
the fact that there are legitimately right now holding cells full of migrant children all over, you know, the southern states, you know, Texas, Arizona, and California that are keeping families in pens, you know, while we do anything. What will history say about us? So, yeah. so Alexander Hamilton, I feel like it it helped me, you know, be willing to have that argument in my head about, yeah. about these people. Yeah. And it made me feel more American. Yeah. I mean, that's true. I mean, I think that people, it's a reminder that people are multidimensional. I think mm -hmm. it's a reminder both for criticism and for accolades, right? Is that unfortunately, maybe fortunately, there's a sense of I think we can absolutely celebrate some of the things that the founding fathers did for this country, but I think some would argue that there's a lot of celebration and a lot of accolades and um, that the sense of criticism that comes with that is considered unpatriotic, right? When I think yeah, the truth yeah, is, is yeah. that to history, there's a sense of accolades and there's a sense of criticism that in many cases is well due. That's a great transition to one of the pieces of this was studying the articles. Now, full disclosure, those articles came from Rachel Cargill, who many people know um, is a pretty uh, popular um, activist. Um, she's on Instagram and she has this platform called the unlearning. This is one of the assignments that she had directly from that coursework. And for me, I picked those articles because I'm really trying to push myself into this critical space. I'm someone yeah. who I know generally will. I love Hamilton. I want to see all of the beautiful things that this work of art does for people of color and for black people. But there's also this sense where I know I have to move into a critical space in terms of my learning. And I know I would have picked something that was probably less critical than what Rachel Cargill um, picked and I need to push out of my comfort zone. So I took those articles and sent them over to you. So I'm dying to know what your thoughts were. I guess we can, I'll name them really quick. So we had Hamilton, the musical, um, and the article title was Black Actors Dressed Up Like Slave Traders, It's Not Halloween by Ishmael <laughs> Reed. Mm -hmm. um, and then we had Correcting Hamilton by Liz Mineo, who interviewed a historian, Annette Gordon-Reed. And then we had The Mixed Reception of Hamilton Premiere in Puerto Rico by Diane Pollock-Peltzner. Um, so I'm, I was I'm waiting all week, like, what did Bree think? about some of these articles, considering you love Hamilton as much as I do? I, okay, so I definitely understood every element of what they were talking about with the, um, with Hamilton. Um, specifically the one, and I think you even noted it as well, about the Hamiltons were the Kardashians of that age. Yeah. <laughs> and like, yes, that is a part of history. Yes, they were. He made up on purpose, you know? He pulled a Kanye. Like, <laughs> he, um, um, and, and, and the fact that they did own slaves. And, and the, I would say that, um, before I tell more, I want to preface that I think I'm in an opposite space as you. I think that I spent a lot of time. I mean, you knew me when I was young, so you could probably, um, 
picture it or feel it just and you know I was a very angry militant youth I was the proest of black I read the EC papers when I was like 13 14 I read you know like on women <laughs> um women uh race and politics by Angela Davis at like 15 you know so I I I took in a lot of all of I think of the um the philosophies that ground where these articles are coming from of demanding that history be as accurate as possible right and so while looking at this i'm like i am the truth of it they're absolutely correct you know they're they're absolutely right in all in a lot of their um, condemnation of the story from a historical accuracy perspective right but then i have to ask myself okay what what do I compare this to in, in a larger framework? You know, where does there exist at all a historically accurate musical? You know, where have we even wanted to talk about it, right? I think the dopest part is that we are talking about it, you know, that we yeah. are kind of asking the questions that it does become a thing, right? Even the part about, you know, whether he was or wasn't a abolitionist this this goes into really what is part of white guilt as a whole because they are a part of a school of people where it is like whether they had an affiliation with it or not he may have you know wrote up the legal documents for the sale of his you know what i mean his mm -hmm. wife's family slaves yeah. you know that could have been a really a, a thing that he may have done you know whereby any participation is carte blanche acceptance to to us you know as the descendants yeah. in that same scenario right i can't argue with it you know i'm not gonna <laughs> i'm not gonna say that that i found anything to argue with historically with the things that they were talking about was wrong my only thing i could say is that what did you want from a musical you know what i mean yeah well and i think lynn manuel miranda says himself that it is open to criticism which i think is one of the best things about someone when they put on something and it does have a level of inaccuracy that they don't maybe necessarily focus a lot of energy around defending it, but say, yes, absolutely open. It's open to criticism. And I love that about what he said. And I do agree with you about what you said. It's, it's interesting to see how people evolve, right? And for you, I thought that immediately when you started talking today, um, because I almost, I'm like, I'm in this space where as you start to study this and you discover it, you get so angry and you are in this initial phase and i i hope that soon i can get to a space where it kind of comes full circle i don't know necessarily yeah. that you'd ever say that you're not angry about certain things but i think that there's a space where you evolve and i'm still very early in my learning so i'm blown away by a lot of things that probably a lot of people that have studied this are like yeah we've kind of moved past that miranda which is fair and <laughs> i think that it, it, it is absolutely full circle i think at at every point you know, you're going to feel all of them, right? But yeah. I think um, that my anger is not productive because if I had to pick what is, what would be better for the progress of my nation as is, writing a story like Hamilton is far more productive, I think, 
been writing the historically accurate piece and being sure to highlight the very real presence of, of my people and how we were treated in the same story. I don't think that writing that is as productive to to the conversation. I'm at that point now. Yeah. You know, I'm like, we know what you did. Don't make me say it. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, like, don't make me say it. We know exactly what you did now, Becky. Like, don't, don't. <laughs> well, but, I think that highlights such a good point. And it's the struggle that I've been in learning some of this stuff and considering things like Hamilton and whether taking out maybe emphasizing obviously there being a lot less emphasis on slavery and slave trading and the connection to Alexander Hamilton and and really downplaying that in the musical I've had this sense of how healthy is it right like we could make this musical a hundred percent accurate and we could talk about slavery and we could really paint some of these founding fathers as what they they are and i think that there's some validity to that but then i also wonder sometimes in activism is how healthy is that to be replaying over and over and over again for black people um that's the struggle of balance knowing the history is really important but also i think there has to be a space where we can enjoy hamilton and see these people of color and see our music be placed on the forefront for our enjoyment and not necessarily having the most painful pieces of our history dangled in front of us as a community. I think you said it absolutely beautifully. It is not healthy. What I keep looking at is the value of now, you know? Um, when Kanye West made the comment about um, Harriet Tubman and everything, I ended up in one of my little thought groups or whatever <laughs> discussing it. And I said, you know, I think we, I think we do ourselves a disservice when we focus on these things that we can neither create nor even accurately prove in the same way, you know, like there's just like there's no real way to really show that right now, you know, there wasn't the, there wasn't the information. A lot of it is lost to time, and you know, history is told by the victors in yeah. such a way that most of it is going to be told from a view that empowers the oppressor, right? So that's an actual fact. But what I do know to be true is that Hamilton was seen. Um, was was admired across the world at a time in history, you know, where a black man was president of the United States of America, where we had cast um, a multiculturally diverse casting involved mm -hmm. um, and espousing a music that represented revolution, you know, mm -hmm. 20, just 20 years ago with someone like Tupac. So I'm like, this is what it, that was the power of Hamilton in the now, right? Yeah. And so as a parent to my black child, you know, my mixed race black child yeah. at that, you know? So <laughs> to my mixed race child, I think what Hamilton gives in the now is far more important than whatever we we will glean from that because that's the energy that we are going to have to create it with. Anger does not fix things. Anger is not a attitude of building. You know, it's not gonna get us nowhere. It's just going to be part of the fight, but the fight doesn't fix anything. The fight only destroys. All right, we get that. There's probably some things that even need to be destroyed right now, but it is the building that will fix it for our children. And I think that in seeing it this way, we have probably birthed 
a bunch of not just politicians, but philosophical thinkers, you know what I mean, that will look into history and want to do something like what Lynn Manuel did, you know? Yeah, I love that. One of the things that came up in the final um, article, which was talking, it was interesting. It was the mixed reception of the Hamilton premiere in Puerto Rico. And it went into a couple mm -hmm. different controversial things about the venue, about Lynn manuel Miranda's involvement with PROMESA, which was, I guess, a federal oversight board that took away some of the rights that Puerto Rico had to manage mm -hmm. their own economy. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think aside from pushing all that aside, one of the things that resonated most with me was the question of why our top most celebrated musicals have to celebrate and center white characters. And that was kind of maybe had some continuity between the other articles that there are so many black heroes. Why do we have to have black people and brown people playing the quote unquote white heroes? Why don't we start having black and brown people play our own heroes um, in our American story, um, which I think is a valid question. It is a valid question, but I think that essentially it's the same, the answer is the same thing that Hollywood has kind of been telling us for a long time. Yeah. It only happens when we write it, you know? Um, I, there's, right now there's so many movies like, and, and television shows, like if you look like someone like our Issa Rae, right? Uh -huh. Like, to me, Insecure is leaps better than like Friends. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> Friends or or Seinfeld, you know, yeah. or, you know, it is, but it is a type of show that, you know, is only here because it was written authentically. Um, I think that we do have shows, uh, Wicked, you know, it featured a green person, you know, she was a green <laughs> character. That might be a right? stretch, Brie, but I'm, I'm going with it. <laughs> I know, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I have a point, I promise. So, like, it, it's, it's, you know, it's a green person, right? But, you know, and I'm, I'm using it to just say that it was very well done, but there's not a pool of green people to really say whether or not we're critics of this because it's an actual voice that we have and we are the only ones who can tell it, right? Again, going back to the fact that I'm a fan of musicals and I happen to know that amongst my friends, family, and people that I know, I do not meet Black young people like me that are even exposed to it with, and I'm not in the business. And I'm, so that's what I mean. Just people who are just exposed to it and love it enough that might even want to do it. You know, and, and I'm not taking away from the fact that creatives of color are ignored um, and, and not giving the funding and the access. So I want to be, I want to absolutely say that. But again, I think Hamilton is the type of production that yes, it did center around a white person, but I definitely think that after that, they're going to want to hear what the people of color who stole the show, you cannot help loving Burr. You know what I mean? You cannot help loving Jefferson. You cannot help loving Renee, right? You yeah. know, Angelica, right? They, they stole the show, you know, and they were people. Today, we tapped into an element of the Black experience that is not often considered. The struggle of loving pieces of American culture and art while at the same time having to reconcile the true history and any negative impact to the Black community. It's not easy and it's a constant balance. Black people are often considered unpatriotic and un-American 
when pointing out any of the damage that inaccurate history portrayal causes to our community. If Hamilton was told in the truest sense, would you have watched? 